Hello, and welcome to This Speech Life, a weekly audio course and podcast from SpeechTherapyPD.com, exploring all things related to school-based SLP practice. I'm your host, Caitlin Lopez, MSCCC SLP, a pediatric SLP with 10 years experience in the school setting. Each week, we will cover three need-to-know aspects of that episode topic, two resources related to the topic, and one actionable strategy for tomorrow. Hello and welcome to today's episode of This Speech Life, a podcast geared towards school-based SLPs. I am Caitlin Lopez, your podcast host. I'm a pediatric SLP with 10 years experience in the California school system. If you have any questions for our podcast guest today, the fabulous Marie Muratella, or Murataya, I just learned. If you have any questions for her today, please pop them into the chat or the Q&A box, and I will make sure to get them to her at the appropriate time. And then as a reminder, at the conclusion of today's course, please log into the course portal on your speechtherapypd.com account and complete all modules, especially the one entitled quiz for live credit for today's course. All right, before we begin, just a few financial disclosures. I am receiving compensation for this podcast, and Marie is receiving an honorarium for the podcast. She also runs the website, thanksmorris.com, where you can find her for mindset coaching and for her fabulous gratitude journals as well. All right. There are no non-financial disclosures to report. So now I get to introduce all of you, if you don't already know Marie. She is wonderful. She has her master's of science or the CCC SLP, and she's a preschool SLP here in Southern California. She's passionate about making sure her students enjoy communicating with their families, friends, and teachers. She believes in the power of collaboration with IEP teams and wants the parents and caregivers she works with to feel empowered to use speech language strategies at home with their little ones. When she isn't running play-based therapy sessions, or attending IEP meetings, Marie is spreading the power of gratitude and self-reflection through her social media accounts, mindset coaching, and her online shop where you can find her Say Thanks More Gratitude Journals. It is Marie's mission to help fellow SLPs and service providers feel empowered to be their highest selves through gratitude and mindset strategies. So I am so excited that she is going to spend some time with us today, and it is the perfect day to spend time with her today because it is Gratitude Tuesday if you follow her on Instagram. So Marie, as we jump into mindfulness and how to mitigate burnout, what are three things that we as SLPs need to know? Hi, thank you so much for that introduction. I'm so excited to be here and so grateful to be here. To start off, three key things just to keep it Things that you can like remember right away. And you probably are going to hear me say these things and say, oh yeah, like I either have heard that somewhere or that really resonates with me. The very first thing that I tell any new graduate student and undergrad student, anytime I have an intern is that you haven't learned everything yet. You haven't learned everything in grad school. I think it can be really easy to, and I felt this way when I graduated, you know, you're getting ready to start a new position 
as a speech language pathologist and you want to do your very best. We all do. We all want to go into this field of service, doing our best, providing the best possible services for our clients. And so we have this feeling of wanting to be able to you know, know everything, but you haven't learned everything. You're in a beautiful place of growth and learning. And here's the hot take I've had after doing this for five years now, you're never going to know every single thing. One, things are always changing and that's something to keep in mind. So you're, again, you're at this place where your knowledge is fresh. Your ability to learn is really fresh. You can take that skill of learning through your two years of graduate school, or even, you know, from your undergrad and utilize that as a new SLP. But basically the the bottom line is it's okay. It's okay to not know everything. The thing you do know is you know where to ask for help. You know where to ask questions. That is amazing. That's a great place to be. And that goes into my second point. Ask for help. Ask for help from your fellow SLPs. Ask for help from your graduate cohort. We still, I still have a Facebook group with mine. We're always in there, even five years down the line. And we ask each other for tips. We might have an interesting case that we need an extra set of ears or eyes or whatever on. It's never a bad idea to ask for help. Another thing to remember in terms of asking for help is ask for help when maybe the demands, you know, your workload is kind of outweighing your capacity to maintain a solid work-life balance. When you need extra support, advocate for it, ask for it. The more that you help others, you know, maybe it's an administrator or even your supervisor or somebody, when you are advocating for yourself and showing another person, what it takes to do your job in this field of service, you are helping one establish a healthy boundary, but also you are acknowledging what protects your energy and your ability to continue to serve while still allowing your cup to be overflowing. So asking for help is another big one. And then collaboration as a school-based speech pathologist, it is so, so essential to one, keep an open mind keep an open door even, you know, and allow teachers and other service providers to bring their questions, but also bring their knowledge to you. I have learned so, so much from my other service providers. And I think that has helped me be better at what I do because I have this more well-rounded set of knowledge. But two, when you are collaborating, you're allowing some of that load that sometimes we feel we have to take as the communication expert to be shared by everyone in the sense that now you're teaching, you know, I go into classrooms and I might model a play strategy with an aide or use a language board one time during snack in a push-in session. And now the aide knows how to do that. And so it takes away from me needing to go in every single day to make sure my clients are able to access their basic needs and wants because I have collaborated with that classroom team. Now it doesn't mean I stop providing the services for that child. Now I can do X, Y, and Z back in my speech room, maybe programming another device or whatever that is. But when you have that ability to speak up for when you need a little bit of assistance or need to have an aid, you know, specifically or a teacher specifically be working on something in the classroom, utilizing visuals or technology or whatever, it really does help. And It also, just having that collegiate support, being a part of that team does something wonderful for your mental health. I was just talking about this with a teacher friend of mine today, just how grateful I am in my program 
that there is such a strong sense of collaboration. As a school-based speech pathologist, it is not always the case where you walk into a job and you're just automatically collaborating. Sometimes as a service provider, you know, we are the one speech pathologist, maybe there's two of us, one to two of us to, it feels like 20 teachers sometimes, you know, at an elementary school site or whatever it is with all the grade levels and everything. And so we have to remember too, because of that, our flexibility and just how we mindfully enter another classroom, you know, another culture, so to speak, because every classroom is going to have a different set of norms and standards and things like that is important. It's part of being mindful. But when you do have that teacher buy-in and you build that rapport, it really does help as you sit in IEP meetings and all of that stuff. Absolutely. Thank you so much. You know, you made some really great points. I love the first one about you're not going to know everything. My grad program was problem-based learning. And I remember being so frustrated going through the program thinking, oh my gosh, I'm paying all this money and I feel like I'm not learning anything. But then I realized, oh, I'm learning the critical thinking skills of like how to research when I don't know something. So I thought that that was such a good point to remind ourselves, you know, okay, we do have critical thinking skills, even though we don't know something. And I'm a little bit more, just a tiny bit more seasoned in a sense than you are, you know, and it's like, I still, like you said, things are changing all the time. And there is like, oh my gosh, like how we do AAC now or how we do play-based therapy is vastly different than when I first started out. Yeah, And it's like, I still feel like such a newbie, even though, you know, I'm going on 11 years, you know, as an SLP and it's just like, oh my gosh, like I still don't know what I'm doing (laughs) at times. Yeah. And that's that's fine. (laughs) Right. Right. Because like, we know how to get the information or how to reach out, you know, and collaborate with our peers and, and find courses like this one, you know, of exactly, this is how we can help support ourselves. So I thought that was great. And the collaboration piece with your teachers is so helpful. You know, I know like my first internship in the school setting, I was with a speech therapist who was fantastic, but she did not step foot in that lunchroom because she was so afraid of getting new referrals. Right. And I've been there. I get that. But it is like, she did not want to step foot in the lunchroom and she did not really have that camaraderie. And I remember my first couple of years feeling so lonely because Mm -hmm. you do have your cohort that you can ask questions and, and then you go out into the real world and it's like, Oh man, I remember meeting that one, you know, my, I don't want to bug my CF all the time. Like, you know, her from a speech meeting that was at the beginning of the year, but (laughs) But that's, it's so true. Like we are like our own little silo at school sites and how important it is to really build that relationship with our fellow teachers. So thank you so much for sharing. Eliana says, I love the collaborative piece of being an SLP, getting to know the other service providers in their area of expertise helps me know when I need to refer to other services that are outside of my scope of practice. Absolutely. Absolutely. I know last week with Lindsay, we talked a lot about working with OTs and how they can give us a completely different lens to look at students through. So thank you for for bringing that up as well. So Marie, as we've kind of talked about these things that we need to know, do you have any resources for us of how to become more mindful or how to mitigate that burnout? 
So something I learned from the get-go, I actually had a professor in my graduate school program. I think it was my second semester of grad school. She had us doing our soap notes a little bit differently. We still did them after every session. She wanted us to be doing more of a reflective kind of self-reflective note. First, I thought, okay, so we're going to like do a journal entry about our session. But really what we were doing, and she didn't come right out and say this to us because she wanted us to kind of figure it out. We were doing reflective journal entries on ourselves. I mean, yes, we were talking about our session, but really what it turned into was like, I made a mistake here. What am I learning from it? And I don't feel confident with this. Where are my strengths? Where are my weaknesses? Not really looking at, I mean, yes, the client might've had strengths and weaknesses, but we were more so looking at ourselves and it really opened my eyes just into how powerful that practice was as a young clinician, as a stressed out graduate student, because it really did alleviate a lot of that stress. My mom actually reminded me at the time, because I was, I remember telling her like, this is amazing. I don't ever want to stop doing this. And I was actually going through some, you know, different things personally with my mental health and different things. And so she reminded me, she's like, well, you should keep doing that even after, you know, semester's over. And she's like, pick up your gratitude journaling again. Cause she had been, you know, when I was a teenager talking about the importance of gratitude journaling. So That summer, while I was in my medical externship, I just kept doing it. I kept doing the self-reflective essays about my externship, but then also brought back a daily gratitude journal, which was super helpful. And so then in my last year of grad school, I was doing that a lot, which was, I noticed really helpful to me just to relieve some, or maybe reduce some anxiety, some stress, especially around comp time. Not that I didn't have it, but I was utilizing these practices that were starting to really show their power in my life. And then when I started my clinical fellowship, it was really important that I had that a morning and nightly routine of journaling. And so that is something that if you know me on Instagram or anywhere, you know, that's going to be my number one thing. Just having some sort of, I highly recommend daily self-check-in with a foundation of gratitude in there, whether you're talking about three things you're grateful for from the day, three good things that happen to you as a young or seasoned clinician. It really is something that can help you. Maybe if you had a tense IEP meeting, it is something that can help you reflect on that and see the opportunities that were there that at first maybe were some struggles, but now are opportunities for you to learn for the next IEP meeting or whatever that is. It is such a powerful practice. And actually I've been doing a lot of research lately. Last year, I did a lot of research on gratitude because I do have a gratitude journal that I know you kind of, (laughs) you talked about a little bit earlier, but I do have that product that I created as a resource for SLPs, for educators, for anybody who wants to build this consistent practice into their life. And it has daily prompts. So that way, you know, you know, you have a place that gives you kind of that support and that it's guidance into that mindfulness journaling or self-reflective journaling, however you want to look at it. But I've really been looking more and more into the power of just journaling lately and just seeing, yes, like it really does. It relieves stress. It gives your brain a place to put your thoughts and organize them if that's what you need. It also, when you are sitting in that place and you give yourself that time, maybe you're you're like me and you're like, I'm going to put my essential oils on. I'm going to do it right after I've done a little meditation or yoga, or just make it a part of some kind of 
whether it's a quick or an elongated nighttime routine or morning routine or whatever, but it's your time. Essentially, it's that calming space. Maybe there's no noise in the background. Maybe you dim the lights, whatever it is that works for you. But just doing that and giving yourself that space is already going to be a stress reducer, essentially. So that is definitely one resource. And even if you don't have the Say Thanks More journal, you can pull out a piece of paper. You could pull out the notes on your phone. You know, you could do it however you want. But I highly recommend trying to start that practice. Another thing that I found out, and since we are talking to school-based SLPs, and I was really excited when you asked this question because... Recently, I found out if you are into yoga, (laughs) this is a free thing you can download. It's an app that I just, I re-downloaded it. So when we shut down or like when the COVID pandemic started, the Down Dog app, I don't know if you're familiar with that, but they were like, all educators get this for free because you need it, you know, kind of a thing. I think they also did it for people in the medical field as well, because they were like all the, the essential workers essentially was what they did. And then they stopped that free service last summer. And I think all of the educators were like, this year is still stressful. And so they recently, I got an email from my school district not too long ago. They opened it back up and made it free for all school-based professionals, for all educators. So if you had it and you were like me and were like, well, I'm not going to pay for it. They made it a free resource for you. So I highly recommend that. I've been doing that for like five minutes every night, even just five minutes. And it's really been helpful, especially during IEP season. So those would be my, my number two. And just to throw it out there, you know, if you're like, I want to open up my notes to journal because I don't, that's how I do it. And I don't have a place to start. I do have prompts for you all over my Instagram and websites. There are resources, there are places to go where you can find guidance and prompts. And I've definitely got you covered there. So just want to throw that out there too. Did you know that SpeechTherapyPD.com has weekly live and interactive webinars? We are the fastest growing CE provider. Subscribe today to get access to over 750 different courses in audio or video format. Awesome. Thank you so much. You know, we started journaling at my workplace, like as a group. I mean, one of the OTs that I work with, she just kind of threw it out there and was like, Hey, I want to journal the month of April. And every night we're just going to focus on three questions, which I was grateful for. I have a gratitude journal of things that I'm grateful for, but I, at this point where I am in my life, I'm too exhausted to think of anything beyond like the gratitude of like, what do I journal about other than like this stressful thing? But, you know, sometimes you want to not just focus on like your anger. (laughs) Um, And so we have been doing what gave me enthusiasm today, what drained me of my energy and what did I learn about myself? And it's like such a sweet thing, but I also wanted to comment on your professor telling you guys to journal like the self-reflective piece, I'm already thinking like, oh my gosh, I need to start doing that so much more, you know, of when you have those tough IEP meetings or on the flip side, when you have a really successful one and like diving into what made it feel successful, what was it when you finally crack the code with a student of like, oh my gosh, like they have that R now, like what was it? And of course, like that goes into like our our daily note of kind of those cues and things, but that is so helpful. Like, especially like the IEP notes and the self-reflective piece. 
is super, super helpful. And I'm so excited to start doing that. So thank you so much for sharing that. Christina shared myself, my Slippa OT and other SLP that I work with started doing little 10 to 15 minute workouts on Tuesdays and Thursdays during breaks to help with our self-care. I love that. Christina. So awesome. And that's like, then you're doing like that collaboration piece is tied in too. (laughs) You know, you're doing it as a team, you're building that morale. And I think that is so good. We, my Slippa a few years ago, her and I used to take handstand breaks (laughs) where we were like, all right, you know, we have five minutes before we have to go get the next group. And we would see, okay, who can hold their handstand the longest? Because we definitely could not hold it five minutes. (laughs) It was like one kick up and then, okay, let's go get them. But it was so fun and such a, such a great thing. I love hearing that you guys are doing those workouts together. And everyone else, please keep sharing because this is exactly like you're inspiring all the rest of us who are a part of today. So thank you so much for those resources, the Down Dog app, everyone, and then journaling. I'm so excited to start journaling that aspect. I've never really journaled about professionalism in that specific way, you know, my professional life in that specific way. So I'm, I'm very excited about that. So thank you for sharing that. Yes. All right. And then what is one actionable strategy that you have for us? I would say, again, I'm going to go right back to it. I'm going to say, if you stop watching this now or stop listening now, I would say stop what you're doing, look around you and find three things that you can actually see that you're grateful for and say them out loud, write them down or do it by your senses. One thing you can see or three things you can see, three things you can hear, three things you can feel or smell or whatever it is. And think about why you're grateful for them and write them down and challenge yourself to be intentional with it in terms of telling, you know, why, why are you grateful for that? I can say that, yes, I see my house plant in the corner right there. I'm grateful for it, but really thinking about and reflecting on, you know, I'm grateful for that. I, you know, whether it's the fact that I raised that house plant for the last five years since it was itty bitty and now it's super tall or I get to watch it grow and it just makes me feel joy. Or maybe I take a little pride in that, or I'm confident now as a plant mama, or, you know, I think about my you know, how I feel. I just got out of an actually a work meeting before I came home and we're talking about plans for next year. And I was just, I had a moment in my speech room because in schools, you never know if next year is going to look different. And after that meeting, thinking that there could be some changes, I just took a quick moment and I actually took a video of my speech room. And I just, instead of getting freaked out, I was like, I am so grateful for the last four years in this speech room. And thinking about all the laughter and, you know, the kids, whether they're talking or, you know, the gestures, the games of chase with my limited verbal client two years ago or whatever it was in that speech room or blowing bubbles. Like, I'm so grateful for the memories in that room. And just, I looked around at everything and it just in that moment, you know, you feel the peace. And when you do these things, when you, whether it's think about three good things, or you think about, you know, three things you're grateful for, it's really a way for your brain to, and I mean, there's brain chemistry studies all about this stuff, but it really does immediately boost the serotonin in your brain and lower the cortisol, which is the anxiety stress hormone immediately. And so doing that as an actionable step, I know it's something that can be done right now, you know, right when we're done talking, 
and it's so, so good for you. So that would be my thing. Again, I already mentioned this. I went ahead of myself, but I do have free prompts. Thanksmorris.com is my website. So if you're like, well, great, I want to try it. Where do I go? Or, you know, what do I, I forgot what she said or whatever. Go on there. (laughs) They are linked under free prompts. I also have free downloadables. And Caitlin, you mentioned like how you guys talk about things that drained you and things that made you feel enthusiastic. I have a handout similar to that, where it's like things that elevate my energy, things that drain my energy, like just different self-reflective things. Because again, like sometimes it is, sometimes you do need to reflect on those hard moments. Arguably you should be reflecting on those hard moments and you should acknowledge them and how they make you feel. It's one thing to say, I'm really stressed out right now here. I'm just going to think about three different things that I'm grateful for because we still, we need to acknowledge what's stressing us out. If we're feeling burnt out at work, we need to sit and think about why. And again, maybe that's part of your self-reflective journaling. And that can maybe lead you into thinking why you're grateful for certain things, right? That's the hope. But we do need to make sure that we're sitting in that acknowledgement first and foremost, because that's self-awareness. And that is something I haven't quite touched on. And I go into a lot of depth on that in my coaching and my courses and stuff. But I will say like, keep that in mind, you know, having that level of self-awareness is key. I love that. I like the idea of thinking about both and the joy and what drains us because I think, and I really like your mindset when it comes to mitigating burnout. You're coming back to, finding the joy, sitting with what is stressing us out, but then also like, not just, oh, it's stressing me out. Well, why is it stressing us out? What's really at the heart of it? And to go back to your point of when you kind of figure out like your very first three points, you know, when you figure out what is stressing you out, is it that the workload is too much? Is it that, you know, it's just a really hard week? for X, Y, and Z, or when you figure it out, then you can ask for the help that you need, which was, I think your second point, advocate for yourself and find out what you need. And if you don't have that self-awareness, then it's really hard to ask for what you need. Exactly. (laughs) You know, like I, I was just telling a friend this story this morning, a friend and I had gone, we had taken our littles to the park a few weeks ago. And I was just so impressed with how my friend parents her daughter because she did all of the prepping that we all know to do like, okay, it's almost time to go. Do you want to swing? Do you want to slide? And then her daughter was still like tantruming. And then finally her daughter said, I need a calm body. She's two years old, you know? And her mom was like, okay, what do you need to have a calm body? I need to sit down and have a hug. And I thought, Oh my gosh, like this is amazing, you know, that she was able to to communicate that. And then she was fine and they were able to go home with no more tantruming. And I just think of that with myself of like, okay, I need my own self-awareness to know what I need when I don't have a calm body. Right. You know, so it's so easy to get caught up in emotion and not to think about, okay, what in this moment is going to to make it better, which I'm really glad you touched on that self-awareness and journaling on those hard moments, because I think that will help kind of open that up for us. Or we might realize like what we thought we were angry about or what we were stressed about actually isn't the issue at all. Right. Yeah. So thank you. Thank (laughs) you for sharing that. Let's see. Joy says that she 
meditates on scriptures about God's character from the Bible. That's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you to everyone who is sharing just a little bit here and there. So as you talk about mindfulness and gratitude and a little bit of the research behind it, how have you noticed a shift in yourself? I mean, you've really been utilizing this from the beginning though, even from your time in grad school. But I will say I wasn't as consistent until two years-ish ago now. And that's right around the time I went back to finalizing like my drafts of the journal and realizing I needed it in my life because I think as much as the last two years have been a challenge for all of us with a pandemic and everything, I can fully say, you know, I'm so grateful for them in regards to what it brought me back to because I was not consistent with these mindfulness practices. I was getting consumed by negativity at work before the shutdown. I mean, and not just consumed with negativity, but just even consumed with the stressors of work. And I really didn't have good balance of, you know, they say, leave work at work. Don't be at work when you're at home. That's a really hard gray area type of thing. Even to tell like a new clinician, I wasn't three years in at the time, but I was having a hard time with that because I didn't understand what I needed for me as far as that work-life balance. Work-life balance is different for all of us. It is something that I came back to when we were shut down in the pandemic. And I realized like I got burnt out in lockdown because I was so consumed with how to transition and how to do my job and didn't know what I was doing. But none of us did. That was the thing. And I don't think I realized it. I think I was putting a lot more weight on myself than I needed to. I think a lot of us did though. I think it because it was a change because we didn't know what to do. And collectively we didn't know what to do. So it was like, nobody has answers, you know? And so I remember just like having a mental breakdown one night and just, I mean, luckily, you know, my boyfriend, my mom, like my people that know me were like, you need to take a break. You need to reflect. You need to just go back to some of those practices that helped you a lot when you were stressed out. And it clicked. I was like, I can't just be using these things when I'm, when I get to this point, I have to be consistent. I have to be doing them in the capacity that I want to do them in the capacity that works for me, but consistently, whether you look at them as preventative measures, whether you look at it as just going through your day, being more present, which is kind of how I started to see it. At first it was like, I need to kind of get out of this darker space. And then it became, okay, this is how I'm going to prevent burnout. And then I realized this is how I'm going to be more mindful in life. Like this is how I'm going to be more present in my day. Yes, it helps prevent burnout. Or maybe if I start to feel burnt out and I have these things in my back pocket, so to speak, I can utilize them as a means of combating it or mitigating it. But I also see it as an everyday thing of just, I want to be more intentional. I want to, you know, when I go to make a cup of tea, I want to enjoy that process. And what I figured out probably about a year ago now, I was getting ready to a little over a year ago, but I was getting ready to move out of a place I had lived with one of my best friends for three years. And, you know, life was changing and it was a little bit of a stressful time. And I was doing my nighttime gratitude journaling and just reflecting on all the reasons I was grateful for, you know, 
that moment in my life and just the transition. And I remember like feeling like I'm so excited to wake up tomorrow and be cozy and have coffee. Like I don't, and it sounds so surface level. Yes. But the thing that clicked was like, I just thought to myself how excited I am to wake up for like a, just a normal Thursday, you know, <laughs> and then I go to work and, you know, do the same thing I just did Wednesday. But when I thought about that, I was like that, wow, this stuff really works. Like I'm totally excited, not going to Disneyland, not going to the beach that day. Like it's just a normal Thursday. And it was like, no, it's, it's a Thursday. Like I'm excited to go into this day. Now, does every day feel like that? No. Like I woke up two weeks ago on a Tuesday thinking it was Friday and was like, are you kidding? (laughs) So it's not like once it clicks, it's like that. You still have to keep the consistent practices. And when you do have days that just feel dreary and dragging and stressful, like you still do the work because it is that process of relieving anxiety or reducing stress increasing your serotonin and just truly being present with what has gone on in your day. If you've had a lot of challenges that day, maybe you use those, you know, in your reflective practice that night. And you're thinking about how can I use these challenges as learning experiences? Or maybe you had, I had this conversation with my CF that I'm mentoring right now, but she called me yesterday and said, my IEP was, was all over the place. And I was like, congratulations. So was mine. (laughs) Like, you know, I just got out of one too. And now let's reflect about it. Let's talk about, you know, you're, I was like, you're making mistakes because you're learning. Like, that's great. What did you learn for next time? So maybe part of your self-reflective practice is that, but when it really clicked for me was just that awareness of how my thought patterns are. And even when I'm in a negative thought cycle, just congratulating myself for figuring it out and moving forward kind of a thing. Are you taking advantage of the certificate tracker? Not only does it store your certificates from all of your evidence-based and practical courses from speechtherapypd.com, but you can also upload certificates earned from other CE providers. It's the easiest way to store and keep track of your CEUs. Just another perk of membership. You said so many great things. I'm like trying to like... (laughs) keep my fingers so that I don't forget, like, just so that I can highlight for people, you know, that they don't miss some of those nuggets you just dropped. I really loved how you said that consistency is so key. When I was going through my yoga teacher training several years ago, and this was several years ago, this was not meant to be a controversial statement whatsoever. (laughs) What I'm about to say, she's in the medical field and she was one of the teacher trainees alongside me. And we were reflecting after a week in our teacher training. And she was like, you know, I really started to understand when I meditate in the morning, it's like vaccinating me for my day. That's where the controversial, mm-hmm. like, it's so funny, all these connotations and semantics we've like, but I get that. Towards. and she said, you know, when I've meditated in the morning, it vaccinates me for my day. When I meditate at night, it's like taking my antibiotics for the day. And I was like, Hmm. And it's kind of always stuck with me that idea of like, okay, do I want to vaccinate or take that medicine after, yeah, which I know that's, it's not an analogy for our common times or anything like that. (laughs) I mean, our, our present time, but I really like how she made that concept work for her brain and for her life. Like the rest of the time that she explained, I was like, oh man, that's really good. 
but it kind of comes back to that idea of what you were just sharing of like, when I'm consistent, it combats the burnout. It combats the negativity, but I also know like I can come back to some of these practices or dedicate maybe a little bit more time than my five minutes in the morning. Maybe I do five minutes in the morning and 20 minutes at night for like those really rough times. Right. Right. So our yoga teacher, he used to call it, have you eaten your yoga vegetables today? Have you eaten your yoga vegetables today? And so it was kind of that same idea of like staying consistent with things. And then the other thing that you said that I just really loved was like, make it work for you so that you can be consistent. You know, if I am constantly trying to do what I see on Instagram and not making it work for me, then it's not going to stick as beautiful as it might look. If I'm like constantly trying to live up to something I've seen and like, oh, this is how meditation works, or this is what a gratitude journal looks like, as opposed to like, what actually is going to be beneficial for me in my life. Exactly. Yeah. You can't hold yourself to somebody else's standards. I can sit here and tell you, yes, you should gratitude journal. I'm not going to, but I could say, you know, you should, yes, it works for me. So I gratitude journal morning and night. That's my code. I cracked my own code. And that's part of that self-reflection and that building that self-awareness. So that's why I say like, whether you're taking a voice memo on your phone every day, because that's how you do it. Like, because it's on your drive home from work or whatever. Like you just have to figure out what works for you, the timing that works for you, the method that works for like it's there's so many different pieces. But yeah, I always try to say whenever I'm giving advice on social media or whatever, I'm like, do what works for you. Like this is my, you know, people asked for this insight. So here it is, but it doesn't mean it works for everybody. Absolutely. So. It was a podcast I was listening to of an interview with one of my favorite meditation teachers and somebody, and it was a live podcast that somebody had asked the question, how long do we have to meditate to get the benefits? And she said, you're asking the wrong question. You know, like if you can only meditate for five minutes intentionally without your brain wandering or thinking about whatever, then you start with that five minutes Yep, and you will get the benefit. And I think it's the same thing with like a gratitude journal or starting out with some of these practices of making them, you know, instead of like, oh, I meditated for 45 minutes, you know, okay, well, how much of that was beneficial <laughs> for you, you know? Right. Anyway. Catherine has a great question. Do you incorporate gratitude into your therapy, especially with students who may or are stressed about their speech? So actually, I have a great example of this. Remember, I work with preschoolers. (laughs) So this concept of saying thank you, like that's where it ends is like saying please and thank you, which is funny because I actually tell like parents, like, don't worry about the please and thank you. We're just working on functional language (laughs) usually, which sounds like so counterintuitive from somebody who literally created a gratitude journal. But the way that I teach it with my little ones, actually, also I have handouts on this. I have a kid's gratitude journal that I created for this too. The handouts are derived from the gratitude journal and they're free on my website. The handouts, not the journal, but anyway, sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. So I use these handouts that basically have, there's like four or five different prompts and they're just pages that a child can respond to the handout, whether they write out something that makes them happy, something that they're excited about, a person they love, somebody that helps them, or they can draw if they're not writing yet. And the reason I did this was 
inspired by my students and also my nephew, where I think about, you know, when we talk about gratitude, do they really understand that concept? So I start with just that, like what makes you happy? What makes you feel good? And then I work in the little, oh, like we can say thank you for that. You know, we can have that kind of verbiage. And so I definitely do. And then the second part of that question, I like about thinking about it in terms of using mindfulness strategies or gratitude specifically for kids who are stressed about their speech. And the way that I would word this, I may not pull out the handout, especially in moments of frustration. I have a student who, when I have like an apraxic student, for instance, who is obviously frustrated, I have a student that will say, I can't do that because they know the sounds that give them trouble. And so I use a lot of, first and foremost, a lot of that growth mindset language and the whole Glennon Doyle concept, you can do hard things. And so we might use some affirmation cards. And so what I usually do with that student in particular is when I start to see that frustration or hear that, I say, remember, what can we do? And we can do hard things. And we talk about, you know, hey, like, I know I can do this sound really well. This is a good word for me. I do this like, you know, or whatever. And so I might incorporate it that way. Again, these are just because I work with three and four-year-olds. And so saying like, what are you grateful for might be a couple steps too far in that moment when I want to keep them present and build that confidence. But I would argue that, you know, with older kids, you could sit down and backtrack a little bit if they're showing that frustration or that stress. One that I can think that you would probably do this in would be maybe a fluency session where there is that visible stress and maybe you just stop and you do the breathing just for the calming, right? And you then maybe pull out a worksheet, whether it's a handout where you say, hey, let's talk about what we're thankful for. Let's stop what we're doing. Let's come back and let's just sit in. You don't have to word it like that, but you know, let's think about it in terms of sitting in some gratitude and and shifting. And because these are things that I teach adults to do, you know, when I have coaching clients or in my courses and stuff, that's a huge mindset shifter for us. If I get an email that I'm not so happy about something I've learned to do is that stop, look around. What are three things you're grateful for today? After my meeting, I was a little bit anxious. Okay. Stop. What are three things you're grateful for? And not to deny what's happening, but to help me get present and help me find some grounding. And as clinicians with our clients that are showing that frustration or showing that stress, really what that allows us to do is to focus on what's really important, which is that connection. Yes, we have a session and we want to get the data. We have progress reports to write and they're coming up. But at the end of the day, the connection with our client as if you want to call yourself the communication facilitator or whatever it is, is so important. And it's my goal for my kids to leave my speech room feeling confident and good about their abilities versus feeling super stressed out. So if we stop what we're doing and I sit and we talk about what we're grateful for, and then the session's over and we go back to class, but we're feeling a little more confident, then that's that's where I'll end it. You know what I mean? So I love that question. Thank you so much. Cause that's a really good thing to keep in mind. Absolutely. She also asks, what are some of your favorite gratitude prompts? Oh, I like this one too. I think my ultimate, like my all-time favorite, which I talk about it a lot. I always post about this one. And I'm always like, why do I only post about this one? Cause it's so good. I call it the three by three. There's probably multiple free three by three prompts on my website because I always am like tweaking it a little bit. 
But ultimately what you do is you write three things you're grateful for, three things you're excited about, and then three things that you want to do intentionally. I changed that one up because I used to have like three goals, which you can do. You can write three goals that you have maybe for the week, the month, the year. It depends on on your mindset and where you're at. But I liked thinking about it more in terms of if in the morning I wake up and this is the one that I typically do if I'm like, I only got two minutes to journal. So, (laughs) so this is where we're at, but I will do, you know, three things I'm grateful for. And one thing to keep in mind, no gratitude is too small. So if you're grateful that you have a glass of water sitting next to you or whatever it is, then express it. That's the whole point. You know, your gratitude is where it's at, not what you're grateful for. And so I'll do those three things. And then three things I'm excited about. Again, no excitement is too small. I, you know, I will always have coffee on my excited list because I know that's coming up at some point in my morning. And then three things I'm going to intentionally do. And the reason I, instead of writing three goals, I changed this one to intentionally do is because I do know myself as a very driven human that sometimes I'll write all these goals. And then at the end of the week, when I didn't accomplish them, I will have that level of self-criticism that takes me out of my present moment. And I'm not celebrating what I did accomplish. So when I think about things I can intentionally do throughout the day, whether it's work on a report for one of my students, or I'm going to intentionally collaborate with a teacher today. Maybe it's, I'm going to intentionally be present at dinner tonight or whatever, you know, whatever that is, whatever those three things are, they really have helped me kind of relieve a little bit more anxiety and stress when it comes to all the things on my to-do list, because sometimes those things have such ambition going into a day and they don't always get done. And so rather than freak out about them not getting done, I like to think about, well, what three things that I do intentionally? Cause that's really where it's at. So that would be my favorite gratitude prompt. I would say. I love that. The three things I'm going to do intentionally, <laughs> because it can be something as simple as like, I'm going to drink my tea intentionally. Yes. And, or I am going to, like you said, it could be something work-related or not. I just, Mm -hmm. I'm totally stealing that. I love it. it. (laughs) I love it because I mean, especially as things get busy, it seems like we just get kind of caught up in life and like, there's a lot that happens at work. There's a lot that happens outside of work Mm -hmm. and it's so hard to stay present. I feel like we go through busy seasons in our lives. But I really love that idea of like, okay, no matter what comes, I can be intentional about these three things. So thank you. Thank you for that. And I think as speech therapists, I feel like a lot of us are these type A personalities. And so I love that idea of just focusing on three things for the day because life does throw us a lot of curveballs, you know? Yeah. And that's something I've learned in the last two years, which has really, again, like utilizing all these things on a consistent basis has really helped me just, I, my mom reminded me of this last night, but we were visiting and she was just telling me how, you know, you've had a lot of changes in your life lately. And I'm surprised at how well you've adapted because you've never adapted well to change before. And I guess that's a true testament to what, you know, this has all helped with because change is the one true constant things will change. And so having a place that brings us back to that presence, the thing about, and the reason why I love just learning more about gratitude and sharing more about it is because it is something that will always bring you back into the present. 
and having a consistent practice of gratitude and living gratefully really is something that will help you adapt to that change and really see things more as opportunities versus obstacles, which Mm. is what has, it has helped me really get over because I, and again, I'm not perfect. I'm human. So if something changes, if somebody were to call me right now and tell me, you know, Hey, tomorrow, you're not going to go back to your normal school. You're going to be going, you know, 30 minutes away. I would probably at first have a little bit of a mental inflexibility and probably go a little bit crazy about it, you know, or start saying things that, you know, this is hard or whatever. But what this has all helped with is in moments like that, where maybe I have that inflexibility, I can start to see the opportunity a lot quicker because I'm really quick now to check in with myself and to say, okay, hey, (laughs) you're fine. Things are okay. Do a wellness check real quick or whatever it is. But so what's going on? So what is this really affecting? You know, what are you actually stressing out about? And can you control it? Because maybe it's something that you can talk to somebody about. Maybe it's not. And you you got to roll with the punches. And where's the opportunity in that? So that is something. So yeah, thank goodness for my mom for paying good attention and seeing that. Because I didn't really notice until she said that. But it definitely has helped. That is awesome. <laughs> I love hearing that. And it's true, you know, coming from a place of gratitude, you start to see things, like you said, as opportunities you start to see things in the world as like a place of abundance as opposed to that place of scarcity, you know, and like, okay, how are we going to roll with the punches? And it's, it almost makes it a little bit more fun of like, okay, this is happening, but we've got this. And, you know, if you are collaborative with your team, I know like in my last school that I was at the last district that I was with, when I was with them, as COVID shut down and a few of us got really close because of that, like, okay, what's working for you? Okay. What's not working for you? You know, like, how are we going to get through this? How are we going to, and we really got to be really good friends through that process. And so I think gratitude really is going to change the world. (laughs) I think so too. I know it. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing so much of your story with us today. I really appreciate, you know, you sharing your vulnerability of how gratitude has helped shape you and how it has helped you so much. And especially, I think something that you did earlier today that I don't even know if you picked up on it or not, but when you were talking about talking with your CF and how your CF was like, oh my gosh, my IEP. And then you shared, it's okay. I had one of those too. And I think it's so helpful to hear not only for new grads, but some of us who've been around for a while, like we're going to have those IEPs and it doesn't mean that we are bad SLPs. Yep. (laughs) Yep. That's exactly it. We'll be 10 years in 11, 12, 13. Like you're never going to know what somebody's going to say. Somebody could, you know, ask a question you don't know how to answer. And especially with two years ago, we had to learn how to do it over zoom. And I just remember being like, Oh wait, that's the wrong document. Sorry. Just shared my Instagram. Like, I don't know how I did that or whatever. Right. But like, we're making messes left and right. And sometimes all you can do is just laugh it off. Like you're just like, well, that happened. And okay. (laughs) Yeah. It's just something so good to remember for our newer SLPs for sure. It's just that you're going to make mistakes. And this practice these mindfulness practices really do help you when you make them because 
you might find yourself even kind of like excited when you make them and realize you can learn from them. Like it sounds weird, but I think that's what the world of preschool has just taught me is that, oh yeah, we make lots of mistakes and it's kind of fun when your student checks you and is like, you know, telling you, oh, that's not how you did it last time or whatever. Um, So it's kind of inherent and you learn to love it. Yeah. Absolutely. Virginia shared that your response was a wonderful response to your CF. So real and very lucky for her. Not everyone was so fortunate with their CF supervisor, sadly. It is a bummer, but I'm hoping that I really am seeing this kind of amazing shift in SLPs on Instagram and TikTok, where there just seems to be such a collaborative sentiment and feeling. Mm -hmm. And it just, I'm really grateful. I have not been on Instagram for like the last, I don't know, five (laughs) years or so. And coming back on has been such a breath of fresh air to just see how, you know, you and Lindsay, who was with us last week, everyone is just so, so real and so collaborative and really wanting to lift everyone else up, which I really appreciate. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. It's so refreshing because I think of how competitive it is to get into grad schools and how competitive grad school is, you know, especially if you're wanting to go the medical route. And, and so it's really cool to see how like, yes, there might be competitiveness, but then we can still support each other. Absolutely. And Virginia also shares, may the profession have more supervisors like you. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Um, All right. So to recap, why don't you give us your three, your two, and your one, one last time. All right. Three things you need to know. So again, you haven't learned everything in grad school and that is perfectly okay. You know where to ask questions. Don't be afraid to ask for help and set boundaries where you need to. And I think starting off as a new SLP, that's a really great thing to keep in mind because you can start now and set those boundaries and But even if you're more seasoned, you can always stop now and set some boundaries. Collaboration is key. Be open-minded. Something I thought about too during the time I was speaking was even if that collaboration is you after you see a student calling the teacher or making a point to go into the classroom or talk to the teacher in the workroom and just say, hey, Johnny did really great with his R's today and just celebrating the success because when that really does open a door, that just starts communication on a really, really good note. So I'm planning on rolling out content pretty soon on collaboration because I know that's like something people are like, well, I don't know how to collaborate or I'm like, my teachers scare me or whatever it is. So stay tuned for that for sure. But just little tips like that go a long way with our teachers. Two resources related to mindfulness. So that Down Dog app, that yoga app is free for all school-based SLPs. And no, I'm not affiliated with them. I just love that app and I use it every single day. And I love it because even if you just can only do two minutes of yoga, you can time it and do two minutes of yoga. (laughs) So that's really great. And then gratitude journal where you can find gratitude journals that I've put prompts in at thanksmorris.com. I have three now plus the kids journal. So three to choose from. And then one actionable strategy would be that you can go to thanksmorris.com and find free gratitude prompts right now and use one of those prompts and tell what you're grateful for, tell what you're excited about, talk about ways that you're adding value in your community. There's all kinds of good stuff there. You can also find those on my Instagram at thanksmorris under my highlights. There's a lot of prompts there too. 
So I think I got everything. <laughs> I think so too. That was fantastic. You are welcome to check those things out for all things gratitude and mindfulness and, and watch Marie pour her coffee in the morning. It is so beautiful. <laughs> I love watching it. Um, oh, okay. Let's see the three things. One more time for Virginia. She's oh, okay. The three things every school-based SLP should know that one. Oh, the two things. The two things. The two things. Oh, the gratitude journal. The, the resources. Yeah. yeah, the resources. So I have the gratitude journal at thanksmorris.com. If you're looking to, you know, have a, a very consistent gratitude practice in a journal that has prompts already in there for you. So you have new ways to think about gratitude every day. And then also it just helps you get started. And then my other favorite resource is the down, the down dog app that is free for all educators. If you're into yoga. And it is a great way to just dilly dally in yoga. If you're like, hmm, yeah. I'm not really sure about this. Yeah. I use the beginner level. <laughs> I love using beginner level, even as like somebody who's been doing yoga for years. So, yeah. But again, like it's comes back to that idea that you keep talking about Marie, just having that beginner mindset, I think is so beneficial. Really and is. I love how you like equated it to your preschoolers and how preschoolers have taught you so much. And I think just your humility and your vulnerability that you shared with us today has been so awesome. And all of your wisdom that you shared with us about mindfulness and gratitude. I just, I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to spend with us. So Aww. thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate being here. It was awesome. And I feel so energized after the conversation. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm like so excited to go journal tonight and <laughs> add a couple more things to my prompts. And I'm looking forward to that. And to the rest of you, I hope that you have enjoyed the conversation as much as we have and that you are looking forward to your journaling. Just as a reminder, at the conclusion of today's course, please log into your speech therapy PD account and log into the course portal and complete all modules, including the one entitled quiz to make sure that you get your live credit for today. And we will have the podcast up in a week or so. So thank you everyone. And we'll see you back here next Tuesday, 5 p.m. Pacific time. Thanks for joining us at This Speech Life. Remember to go to speechtherapypd.com to learn more about earning ASHA CEUs. We appreciate your positive reviews and support and would love for you to write a quick review and subscribe. Music